It is Locked on Jazz for the 29th of December. What do the most successful people in the world do? That's what Rudy Gobert does. We'll touch on that. Jordan Clarkson's doing more than just shooting. The Jazz are getting ready for the Blazers. And Rudy Gay's in a pretty significant slump, should we be concerned. Those items are all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms for you and appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us. If you're listening on YouTube, you can push that button right over there and uh, subscribe and even hit the bell and it'll notify you uh, whenever we are live. Uh, good morning to Andrew and Bryce and the rest of the crew on an early morning YouTube live edition. We do this show on YouTube as well as on all podcast providers. You're welcome to grab it. Whoever's most convenient to you. It's your choice. It's your world. It's your oyster. Um, I had an interesting experience. I was listening to Harvard Business Review's Mindcast. I think that's what it's called. Podcast yesterday. It was, you know, best of episode, which are often, you know, some of the most fun to hear. And they were doing the nine things that make uh, a common thread among successful people is from a psychology researcher. It's good. Um, I only got through two, so I only have two ninths a chance of success in life. Um, but the first one was a really interesting concept. The first one was about how you're, the most successful people are not trying to be good. What they're trying to do is get better. And what by doing this, what they say is by getting better, um, what you're trying, you're actually doing a bunch of things. So when you try to be good, you're actually trying to almost be perfect. And when you do that, then you create some performance anxiety and you create some tension and you end up making mistakes and you also limit yourself a little bit. If you're always trying to get better, one of the interesting things that you do is you actually reduce your amount of mistakes because you're actually just continually working to get better. You've loosened the reins a little bit. You don't have the same anxiety of performance um, along the way. And that's actually what get makes people the most, you know, that's the common thread of successful people is this kind of quest of always trying to get better along the way rather than trying to be good or perfect. And I thought it was really interesting to read Rudy Gobert's comments in Tony Jones's athletic uh, article. And, and I'll give Tony credit because it spurred me, but frankly, it's stuff we've heard from, from Rudy, you know, throughout the first part of the article is largely about how Rudy um, it, trying to get in shape and that that's a huge part of what he does is gets in shape. But that's also Rudy just getting better. Right. And then it moves to his food and his nutrition. And that's another like just finding ways to get better. His quotes are really interesting. Um, you know, one of them is clearly the other people's criticism of him. He's heard it. He, he's aware of it. He says, people celebrate my failures and are very quiet about when good things happen. Um, that's society. Rudy seems to be at the 
brunt of it for some reason, which is unfortunate. Um, but I think that that's, you know, an interesting one, how much that's impacted him. I think that's actually driving him to this quest of just keep getting better, keep getting better, keep getting better uh, uh, as much as, the, as anything else. He said, literally, for me, it's about getting better, um, engaging in it, in, enjoying the pro- enjoying it, enjoying the process. You try to learn from it. You try to find joy in it. I used to try to compare myself to people, but I don't do that anymore. And, and this is a really interesting, you know, these quotes from Rudy are really interesting kind of insight into who he is, what he's doing, where he's coming from, how he's evolved, how he's matured, and they fit. The other thing, the second thing in this podcast was grit, like Angela Duckworth's concept uh, out of the University of Pennsylvania of whether or not you have grit. And what's interesting is in right where I had left the podcast and I will pick it up and maybe we'll talk about some more is that they got into how, you know, some people kind of, well, you either have grit or you don't. And this person doesn't really believe it, thinks it's actually, it can be a learned behavior to to have some grit. Um, And the mindset of equally the same way, the mindset of like, I'm just trying to get better rather than trying to be great. And that that say you can work that same mindset along the way to try to, to improve that mindset. So an interesting um, I, I don't know. That wasn't, you know, kind of two things that I'm just doing. Um, you know, listening to this one podcast about what successful people do and how you get better and then, and then, or what's successful, the common thread among successful people. And then reading this about Rudy. Um, hopefully I was trying to get better by listening to the podcast as well. Um, so just an interesting kind of insight, I think into Rudy and, and it's what we're seeing on the floor. So if you think about Rudy, you know, when he came, he was one player and then he's evolved into this great defensive player. And now he's really wants the ball. He wants to become an offensive player. And at times it's a rub inside the group. You can see it, right? You can see Rudy get pissed and you can see the guys get pissed at Rudy. And, you know, they're all learning to be together and, and figure this out. Uh, pissed is probably the wrong word. but um, And so it's part of the process of what they're going through. But if you think about Rudy and who he is, and for those who are like, well, you know, come on, Rudy, like that post-up was ridiculous. Or come on, Rudy, don't try to bring the ball up the floor and go behind your back on the fast break or Come on, like all these items that we see where Rudy's pushing himself beyond his natural comfort zone and trying to get better are the same things he's done defensively along the way to go from being like a good long player to the greatest defensive player in the game to one of the greatest defensive players of all time. And he continues to actually get better defensively. That was my point. I don't know if I did it very well yesterday, but that was my point yesterday is that like their Jazz are now totally willing to switch him one through five. That's not something they were willing to do in the past. But he, they'll now switch him on to Dame tonight. Like, if they need to, they'll they'll move him on to Dame. And they moved him on to Jalen Brunson, and they would have moved him on to DeJounte Murray, and they moved him on to Derek White. I thought San Antonio did as good a job as attacking him as anyone um, in the drop. And so a lot of times, you know, you're, you're seeing Rudy make these evolutions defensively, and then he goes and tries something offensively, and you hear the, the grumbles and the groans and – you know, sometimes from his teammates, frankly, Joe will go on a press conference and kind of mock it a little bit and have fun with him. And they, they do that because they get along. But the same premise here of what Rudy's doing is Rudy's trying to push himself to get better and to enjoy the process and to add skills. I mean, he's been working on these things with Alex Jensen for, for years. And really, we're seeing it come to fruition at times. Now, I don't know yet whether it's good enough that when teams switch we can really just throw the ball down to rudy on a smaller guy he's going to beat him but it's about time to try and we've got the beauty is we've got another 40 
two games or whatever it is for Rudy to keep, what are we, 24 and nine? So that's 33. So we've got another 40 games, 50 games for, wow, long, uh, you know, 49 games for Rudy to keep developing the skill, keep working on this and kind of doing those kind of things. So um, anyway, uh, you know, frankly, on the topic of getting better, how about LeBron last night? LeBron played center last night for the first time in his career. Like the greatest player the game's ever seen. He went 30, 11, and 11 last night playing center. LeBron has had five straight 30-point games in his 19th year of the NBA. Successful people trying to not be good but get better. Um, it's interesting. Uh, the interesting one also, by the way, uh, on this podcast was a little bit this implication that when you're trying to be what, – what the fly is sometimes is that you're trying to be good. Actually, when you're trying to get better, then when it's the day you perform – so, in my, you know, I was talking to my daughter about it in the case of her golf or ski racing. She's retired, but just that kind of concept is that on that day. You're actually trying. Then you try to be good because it's performance day instead of still trying to get better. And then that brings out a quest for perfection, which brings out performance anxiety, which brings out all the things that prohibit you from being good and brings out frustration. If you're just trying to get better all the time, you shouldn't have frustration. You make a mistake. You learn from it. You move forward. Whereas if you're trying to be good or slash perfect, um, then when things go wrong, frustration kicks in and that negative emotion kicks in and then suddenly you're not performing um, nearly as well. So, you know, interesting. Anyway, hey, you know what? If we're going to do this for 30 minutes every day, every now and then you're going to get the bull crap that I'm listening to and see whether or not you buy it or not. You can decide. Um, it's better than me giving you advice on medical stuff like yesterday. Uh, here's what Derek has to say on this. I, I hope Rudy knows and realizes the ones who appreciate him do so at an extremely high level. Rudy's fans really do love him. I do think he knows that. Um, you know, as someone who's led Rudy Island, um, and Thurl actually was the first one to plant a flag on Rudy Island. I just built the mansion on top. Um, I think I think Rudy is aware of the support and love um, that he has from everyone. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. Located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. If you're going to stop by either location, please feel free uh, to email me first at DLOCK09. We'll set you up with a VIP meeting. They've got some uh, 2022s that are in for 0% for 48 months. They've actually got pretty good stock right now for the first time in a while. Uh, Jason dropped me an email. It says a lot of stuff has come in, or at least a lot of stuff will be in shortly. So if you head over to Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street, you'll be able to see the cars that are, and then you'll also see what's coming in. Um, so exciting, exciting times. The Hyundai, the Murdochs have also decided that they will not charge you more than MSRP despite the car shortage that's going on. And um, so you will not be upcharged despite the fact that everyone's doing it. What Blake simply said is, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be at the grocery store. I don't want to be at church. I don't want to have people uh, around who I gouged at one of these moments. Um, everything will be, all the 2020 models will be here before February 5th. There's 13 Sonatas, 16 Elantras, 22 Santa Fe's, 32 Tucson's coming in, um, 14 Palisades, eight Ionic hybrids, and 11 Konas. I have the Kona. Um, I'm driving a Kona right now. So uh, make sure you stop by Murdoch Hyundai, located 4646 South State Street. Today's show is also brought to you by Truebill. Truebill has saved people on average $720 a year. That's because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, and Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. It's a new app that helps you identify, stop paying, 
for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forget it. Also organizes your payments, lets you know what's going on, gives you monthly assessments of how much you've spent compared to previous months, and lets you build budgets. There's all sorts of really good things. It's your true bill concierge is there when you cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for the subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash lockdownmba. Right now, truebill.com slash lockdownmba can save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash lockdownmba. Have you checked out our new podcast, Locked On Now? Really love this. Um, it's different. No one else has anything like it. Locked On, unique to Locked On. It is a daily podcast that runs through the night's action. So Monday was a re- recap of all the NFL on the NFL channel. The NHL does it as well. Um, so thank you for making Locked On Jazz your first listen. Now your next listen today, Locked On Now. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from the local experts listening on Locked On Now. It's also on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Um, so Jazz and the Blazers tonight. Blazers fired their head coach last year because their offense was the second best in the history of the NBA and their defense was last. So now their offense is the 14th best this season and 28th in the NBA. Yeah, so that's worked out pretty well for you. When you have a really great coach like Terry Stotts, my suggestion would be to try to find a roster that works for that coach um, because he's just really exceptional. Um, You know, if you look at what this team has been for the last few years, last year they were the number two offense, number 29th defensively. The year prior, they were the number three offense and number 28th defensively. The year prior, they were number three offense and number 16th defensively, and they fell, so they then fell off. And that's what they've been as this team has evolved. And now this year, under Chauncey Billups, um, they are the 14th ranked offense and 28th defensively. They are negative three net rating. Now, they have been uh, crippled with their just the, you know, we should take a moment tonight They are very similar to franchise dust, market size, everything else. We should really take a moment and cherish what we have. They have this incredible player in Dame Lillard, and then it's just been disarray, right? Neil O'Shea is out now. They've fired Terry Stotts, um, and all of a sudden, they've gone on to lose nine of their last 11 and 12 of their last 15. Their wins are against Charlotte and Memphis, so two good teams. So they're still capable of doing that. Their other win is against Detroit. Um, since November 23rd. Those are their three wins they have in their last 15 games. Um, C.J. McCollum is out with the the lung issue, which is, you know, um, scary. And so respectful to that. They've been hit by COVID the same way everybody else has. But they are just in a – they're in a funky place. Um, and it's, it's dysfunction, frankly, from uh, their front office. And, uh, you know, we have somehow avoided this kind of dysfunction that exists. Now, Dane – Really has had kind of a crazy year. If you break Dame, Dame's played now in 27 games. So let's break him up into groupings of nine. His first nine games of the year, he shot 34% from the field and 22% from three. I mean, he was terrible. Um, ironically enough, in that nine games, they go four and five. Um, but I mean, they he was, he was really awful. 34% and 22% from three. Then you start... You look at what he did in the next set of games, and he goes in the next nine games. Uh, he uh, shoots. He gets to Warren. He gets back to Dame. He shoots forty-seven percent from the field, thirty-nine percent from three. He's averaging twenty-seven points, four rebounds, and seven assists. So after a nine-game kind of opening slump, he has this terrible game against Indiana, where he goes two of thirteen, oh six from three. 
He does have 11 assists, but he kind of finds himself um, and clicks in, averages 27 points a game, 47% from the field and 39% from three. He then misses uh, in, in that stretch, by the way, they, they play pretty well. They go six and they go six and uh, three in the games he played. They miss a game. He misses a game in there. Then in his final set of games here, uh, which included Utah, he then was inactive due to an injury. So it's a little misleading, but he's kind of back again. He's at 41% from the field, 37% from three, 27 points a game, four rebounds, six assists over those nine games. Obviously, when he was out for those four games, they lost uh, five games. They lost four of the five. But they've still only, of their last, they're two and seven in the last nine games he's played. And they're actually two and eight if you'd stretch it back. Making one little adjustment, since he's come back from the injury, he's been even better. He's averaging 31 points, four rebounds, six assists, 42% from the field, and 39% from three. And he's back taking about 11 threes a game. He's also going to the free throw line 10 times a game. So that's incredible to be doing both those over the last seven games. Now, in that stretch, they've only beat Chicago and Memphis. They lost a close game to Minnesota, a close game to Phoenix, um, and got blown out by New Orleans and Dallas recently. So it has not led to a lot more success that Dame is um, – playing better but I think you know last time Dame had a weird game against us didn't seem quite right and then sat out for a while I think we're getting full throttle Dame Lillard tonight um he he's he's there Nazar Little was playing pretty well they don't have CJ McCollum so it's a Norm Powell Dame Lillard show um for the Jazz uh to deal with one uh thing I wanted to touch on today also Jordan Clarkson uh is doing um some really interesting things um if you look at Jordan, his last two games, he has eight rebounds a game. In his last um, four games, he has 24 rebounds. His last three games, he has 19 rebounds and he has 16 assists. Like Jordan's doing more than just shooting. Luckily, because he's not shooting it very well over the last three. He's, I think, 15 of his last about 43 or something like that. It's not good. Um, but you know, we're, we're seeing kind of a, 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 seeing a few things out of Jordan. I really like one is his shot select, his shot attempts are down. Um, and I think that was necessity with Rudy Gay coming and other guys um, that he's just suddenly taking fewer shots per game. And then we're seeing him contribute in other fashions. So in the opening um, six games of the year in, in October, he took 16 shots a game in November. He took 13 shots a game. And so, so far in December, he's taken 13 shots a game. So he's brought that number down. Now, his shooting's just consistently not good this year. Like, he's 38.4% for November. He's 38.4% for December. He's 32% from three, and he's 32% from three. And he strangely is 75% from the free throw line in both as well. Like, he's strangely consistent month to month right now in what we would, I think, classify as a slump for him. Um, so he just has not quite found his um, his regular rhythm that he that he finds. Hopefully he's going to, but it is really cool to see him do um, other things on the floor. The rebounding, his energy changed the game the other night. I thought he was terrific in that regard. Um, uh, so I think that you see you're seeing Jordan being that team player, that kind of soul, that zest of who they are, and, and making plays um, to help them out along the way. Uh, question coming in, how do you think the Jazz will try to slow Lillard since he's been on a tear lately? I mean, the, the difficult thing is they set that high pick. Now, they run it a little differently. Terry used to run an area screen. The pick's waiting, and then Lillard does what he wants with it. 
um, Chauncey's doing some things a little differently, running him off some curls and bringing him off some different things and playing him in a different little style. Um, when Rudy's involved, you're going to bring the pickup higher so that he's having an impact, and then they're going to be playing small, and so then Nance is going to roll underneath because they don't have Nurkic tonight. He's in safety health and safety protocols. Um, so they don't really have centers tonight, which will make this an interesting game. They didn't have centers the other night, and they got pummeled um, against a shorthanded Dallas team. They're coming off probably their worst performance of the year, which is never a great time to, to play a team. Um, when someone has that bad a game, often they come back. They allowed 132 to Dallas, who, you know, Przingis played and Jalen Brunson played. It's the same Dallas team we saw. They had Dorian Finney-Smith. But it's without Luka and without Tim Hardaway. Um, and they started Larry Nance Jr., and then they, they just don't really have a backup center. They've got Cumberland and Williams and McGriff and Brown the third, all guys that they've either picked up or don't usually play a lot. Ellaby is a nice player who's getting a little bit more time because of this, but Larry Nance Jr. is playing their center, and, and Nazar Littles, who's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, is playing their power forward. So, you know, can Rudy go get behind them on the offensive end and punish him? But on the defensive end, as, as Rudy comes up on Powell or on Lillard, um, you know, let's see what happens uh, as they try to slide underneath and behind. Now it's going to probably let the Jazz do some things. Little's not a great three-point shooter, um, so you can probably slide some guys in. Uh, Snell is is a good three-point shooter. Nance is not. Powell's been off, but he's he's a 40% three-point shooter for the season, so I would you don't want to leave him a great deal. So th- that's probably, um, you know, some of the approach right there, but uh, I'll leave that to, to the guy who has the scout for them. Um, tonight uh probably you know whoever that might be uh jazz and the blazers coming uh rudy gay is in a pretty significant little slump we'll dig into what the numbers on it say and then whether we should be at all concerned about it as well today's show is brought to you by built bar they've got amazing things going on right now they had a great deal yesterday i jumped on it ring in 2022 with 22 percent off of everything and then i used the promo code locked 15 on top of that uh, they have the Ruby Chocolate Built Puffs. If you have not done this yet, it's crazy good. They're literally just like little tiny candy bars that have 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, 9 grams of sugar. Candy Cane Brownie Bites are available right now. They have 70 calories, 8 grams of protein, 3 grams of sugar. The Gingerbread uh, Built Bar is available, and the chocolate, the coconut brownie chunk is still there for you. My partner says the Caramel Almond Delight business partner. Caramel Almond Delight is amazing. Uh, I cannot have that, but he loves it. So go ahead and try that while you're at it. They're all there at Built Bar, 22% off, plus use the promo code LOCK15. I believe they both worked for me um, yesterday. So feel free to jump on that great deal at Built.com. Today's show is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. If you're going to get into the action on the national championship games or any of the fun college football or NFL playoffs that are right around the corner, do it at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get a 50% Welcome bonus. The new site's got all sorts of great things to it. Raiders on Sunday are a five-point dog to the Indianapolis Colts. See if the Raiders can pull one off. The Eagles, who are now in playoff position, are four-point favorite over the Washington football team, who did not look like they could stay within four points of anyone. Uh, last weekend, the Rams are a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Ravens. See whether Tyler's back or not for that one, or who, who's playing that one in Green Bay's six-and-a-half-point favorite over the hapless Vikings. What a terrible loss in there. I know all these things because I listened to Locked On Now and got my recap of what was going on. Jazz tonight against Portland, the line. And boy, was that crazy tonight on the uh, Jazz game when the line changed. Or 
is six and a half. Jazz are a six and a half point favorite over unders at 228. Money line for the Jazz is minus 255 tonight. Uh, other games of interest tonight. Phoenix is a 14 and a half point favorite over Oklahoma City. Warriors lost last night, by the way. Draymond matters. But boy, did they play defense in the second half of that one. It's all at betonline.ag. Promo code locked on gets you 50%. Welcome bonus. So Rudy Gay came out a ball of fire for us. Um, it was kind of crazy, if you remember. And, you know, here's a 35-year-old, uh, 15th-year NBA pro coming off of surgery on his foot um, and really back toward the Achilles where he'd had the surgery uh, injury in the past and came out and his first game out, he goes seven of eight from the field and five of six and three, and he's amazing. You actually take that game out of his season and he's shooting 38.5% from the field and 33% from three. He's nicely taking four of his seven shots from three. You back it, it, you drop it down a little bit longer. I mean, he's really was fabulous for his first kind of six games of the year. And then, um, you know, he gets to uh, his last 13 games. He's shooting 35% from the field and 27% from three. Um, he is grabbing five rebounds in 19 minutes, which is terrific. He's getting an assist. Um, he is averaging seven points a game. So how concerned should we be on Rudy Gay? So the first thing I would say is uh, any 35-year-old coming off a of surgery who goes into an extended slump, I'm, I'm going to be a little worried about, right? Like that has not about Rudy Gay. That's just about NBA aging despite what LeBron's doing right now, despite the crazy things. And Rudy's one of those elite athletes who kind of can get through it. Like, uh, yeah, I have a little concern on it. Like, I'm not going to, like, he's coming off of surgery. He's 35. Like, ah, like, okay, like that. You tell me that about a player that's not one of our players who's playing for the Knicks or playing for the Raptors or playing for the Grizzlies, and I, that would be my reaction. Now, from the Jazz standpoint specifically, I've always said this about the two offseason acquisitions. Hassan Whiteside, to me, was the regular season acquisition and Rudy Gay was the off-season acquisition. In other words, the postseason acquisition. So I think um, the most important thing to me is that Rudy Gay is ready for the playoffs. So in that sense, I'm not particularly worried. If he shows versatility um, for us, he, he continues to rebound. I, I, I don't think he's in, like, I think he was off his leg for a really long time. Um, I think he's working himself back in. I think uh, guys like Dame struggle to start this year. Um, my theory is because of the fact that guys' um, biorhythms were off, that the season last year went long and this year started quickly, and so they didn't have their regular pattern. And then you add in the fact that not only do you have not have your regular pattern, but you have Rudy Gay coming off a of surgery, so he's really off of his natural systems. Um I think that, you know, those, I look at that and just kind of think that all these things will probably um, come back together. I look at him last year. Um, his best shooting was February and March. He shot 46% from three in both February and March. His two point shooting was really, really poor in those months, but his three point shooting was great. And then he kind of flipped it back around in April and May, where his two point shooting got better. His three, his two point shooting was like at 30%. Strangely, in, um, in February last year, he only played six games, but he shot 10 of 32 um, on two-point shooting. And in March, he went 22 of, I think it was like 70 on two-point shooting. So both those were a little strange. 
while shooting the three very, very well. Um, you know, he's definitely getting older. We talked about you can look at his player profile and see like what percentage of shots he takes at the rim, what his block shot rate is, what his steal rate is, some of those things. And you have to look at him for 36 minutes. And, you know, they're all on a decline. Those are all signs that you're getting old and he's getting old. Like there's no denying that his rebounds for 36 minutes are at a career high. So he certainly is understanding, you know, what we need to do is shots per um, 36 minutes is at a career low, which is, you know, a sign of him adapting a little bit to who we are as well. So you're seeing him try to figure out how to play with this different way. Probably the lack of shots is, is really difficult for him and something new. And these are the things that will all, you know, come together um, for him over time. Uh, and I think that the, so the concern level is a little less in that you're now looking for him. You know, frankly, I, I, I am concerned about how he's going to play in the postseason. Um, and he's not been really dramatically rim averse. His rim averseness started in, in his second year in San Antonio, he went from taking 26% of his shots at the rim to 19%. Then it went to 17. Last year went to 12. This year it's back up to 15. That's just kind of where he is in his career. Skating the rim is harder, even with the being the elite, elite athlete that he is than it ever was. So there's not some dramatic drop. Um, you know, so I think that that you, you don't have to worry about that, but I do think it's, I think that's, you know, let's keep an eye on it. Like we need him. He's a vital piece to who we are. Um, and we've signed him for three years to be a very important piece of this puzzle um, and one of the last pieces, and he's got to play better than he is right now. So the concern is that he's old and he's coming off surgery. The concern is not for what the impact on the team is right now. The con- that actually just works itself out, and I think he gets used to everything, and it probably turns out, um, you know, to work out for him. So I wouldn't, like, from a jazz standpoint, therefore, I would say that it's a little less, um, you know, <laughs> of an issue they need a strong wing defender in the playoffs we need that badly and also for the rotation players also the rotation of players is very predictable well the predictable is good that makes players play well in games and you know i don't think this is the narrative that we need a strong wing defender in the playoffs that that is probably true um the essence of what makes us great is our ability to shoot at every position have be spread floor be rolling and doing all those things and you know, if you can get that wing defender without disturbing that essence, that's really the issue. But if you go add many of these wing defenders that people talk about, suddenly Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley can't drive the lane because there'll be no space. And that's really important. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks very much for tuning in. Hope you have a wonderful day and appreciate you joining in. Now make Locked on Now your second podcast listen of the day or go to Locked on NBA YouTube to catch the latest edition of Locked on Now as well. Have a good one.